This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Tobacco Road Sports Radio is so excited to be your home for Triad Sports. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! We heard you loud and clear. Our mission is to give you what you want. You know what I want. I've been asking for it for years. Give it to me. Give me what I want. The best sports talk in live sports in the triad, period. What's up, everybody? Live with Brandon Blake. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Score once again with Brett Wiseman. Hello and welcome back to the Pit Stop here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Welcome back to Franchise Players, your home for triad sports coverage. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And if you think that's great, wait until you see what's next. It's going to be good. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Tune in at TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. And don't forget to download the new Roku channel, Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You are watching Frankly Speaking Sports, live from Charlotte, North Carolina. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Frankly Speaking Sports. And what a great, great Monday we have for you. Oh, my goodness gracious. If you left this weekend watching NFL football and could not say anything, but wow, I completely understand. Because we had the best NFL playoff game ever in one weekend like we had this week. It was incredible, incredible, and incredible. But tonight, we're going to break down each game for you. We're going to talk about some controversy. Some in the Bucks game, some in the Chiefs and Bills game that people are talking about. So we got lots to get over. We're going to talk about the overtime rules, the top goals, the decision to do all out first, first brand that lets you a 45 yard pass the Cooper Cup. Boy, oh boy, we have a show. Then at about 9.30, we're going to have from 610 Sports in from Kansas City, Cody Tapp is going to be joining us live. So we'll have his perspectives on his Kansas City Chiefs and what they did to win. But what a great, great show, folks. And I'm fired up tonight. I am so fired up because this was a week where it was just incredible incredible and incredible to go ahead and watch these great games that we had and we're going to get right to it we're not going to hold up uh we're going to talk here uh, as soon as the tennessee um comes up over here i see where there we go let's see if we can get this up here there we go We'll get that up there. And what a week. And before we get to this game and the highlights, because believe me, we have video highlights and everything for you this this game, folks. Um, we are going to go ahead and let you all know that we are on Roku TV. Um, if you read the bottom, it tells you everything you need to know about Roku TV. Go ahead, sign up for Northeast Streaming Sports on Roku, and you can go ahead and watch this terrific, frankly speaking, sports show. We're also on other networks like YouTube Live, 
Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, uh, Tobacco Road Sports Radio. So a lot of people watching us tonight in this incredible recap show we are about to have. And it all started out with the Bengals and the Titans. They were the one who introduced us to an unbelievable football game, and it stayed like that the entire weekend. And, you know, here is the game, folks, where the Bengals end up winning 19-16, to yet the Titans' defense sacked Joey Burrows nine times, nine times in this game. They still lost. Why? couple reasons. Tannehill throws three interceptions. The Titans, one of eight on third down. The Bengals, 33 minutes of time of possession, and they were seven of 15 on third down conversions. Now, for those of you that do not get to see Joey Burrows play that much, you got to see Joey Burrows this weekend. The kid is incredible, incredible and incredible. Um, once again, a great game by Joey Burrows, uh, 28 of 37, 348 yards, one interceptions, Jamar Chase, five receptions, uh, T.O. Higgins, nine receptions, and C.J. Azuma had eight as well. But this game came down to a couple of plays in the final minutes, and we're going to go ahead and show you them right now on uh, – Frankly speaking, sports, as I go ahead and see if we can get the video uh, to this Bengals game. Let's go ahead and do this right now. As you see, Tannehill goes back to pass. He's intercepted. It was tipped and intercepted by Logan Wilson with 20 seconds left in the game. Oh, what a beautiful interception right in the hands and out and intercepted. Joey Burrows has the whole field to play with. He's looking downfield, goes to the right. Jamar Chase completed. He's out at the 38 yard line. Jamar Chase gets out of bounds. And it'll be a 52 yard field goal for rookie Evan McPherson. As we wait for the hold and the pick, this is for the AFC Championship. Harris is the snapper. Cooper with the hold. Here's the kick. It's up. The Bengals are going to the AFC Championship. 41 years in the nation. AFC. Here comes the Bengals. What a beautiful kick. All right. Those were the highlights of the game. But when you look at this game, Evan McPherson, 4 of 4 in this game. 4 of 4, 54 was the long. That 52 yarder you just saw to win the game was incredible. Incredible. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, meanwhile, Wild did not fare as well. 15 of 24, 220 yards, three interceptions. A.J. Brown with a good game, five receptions, 162 yards. But what a great, great win by Cincinnati. A lot of people were not giving Cincinnati a prayer in this game. They come in, and let me explain to you, Joey Burrows was pressured all day long in this game, and still when it came time for him to keep his composure, for him to have poise, Joey Burrows did it, got them down a big interception there, that third interception by Tannehill, 
that uh, Logan Wilson intercepted as it was tipped. But what a great, great, great win for the Cincinnati Bengals. And wouldn't it be ironic if Cincinnati wins this week and the 49ers win, excuse me, if Cincinnati wins this upcoming week and the 49ers win this upcoming week, we can have a rematch of the Super Bowl 41 years ago. But a great, great game. Congratulations to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals as they go on to the AFC Championship. And we'll talk about who they play a little bit later. But as we move on, folks, uh, let me go ahead and move this stuff. Uh, we're going to go to the 49ers and Packers. And what a great, great game again. You talk about great games and, you know, amazing that the games we had this weekend um, with Green Bay and San Francisco immediately following that game as we wait for our prompter to come up again. Sometimes it takes a couple seconds. There we go for it to come up. But this, you, you thought the first game, it can't get much better, can it? Wait a minute, folks. It did. Robbie Gold, 45-yard field goal to win it. But this was a San Francisco defense that was awesome. I mean, they were awesome. You know, I mentioned it the other night when we had Justin uh, Julian Martinez on. said, watch out for Fred Warner. Uh, Fred Warner, you know, he's important, but we got backups. Fred Warner was completely awesome in this game. Had six tackles, forced to fumble. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers was sacked five times in this game. Two by Eric Armstead and twice by Nick Bosa. Incredible, incredible game. We talked about that up front, that line of San Francisco, and how strong they can be. And believe me, they were a force um, in this game. I mean, a complete, complete force in this game. Uh, they held Rodgers. Listen to this, folks. Aaron Rodgers threw zero touchdown passes. They held the Packers to 10 points. That's it. 10 points. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't need to have a fantastic game. We talked about this. He needed to have a good game. He had a good game, made one mistake with that interception, but was 11 of 19. George Kittle, he uh, got four times for 63 yards. But the difference in this game, folks, was the special teams. The special teams in this game. They blocked a punt uh, late in the third quarter, and it went for a touchdown. Um, touchdown, it was Corey Bajerquez, which blocked the punt, and then Talanoa Pufanga recovered it and went for the touchdown. So it was a six-yard touchdown. That tied the game up. Special teams also blocked the um, field goal earlier in the game. But, you know, no offensive turnovers by San Francisco um, except for that interception. A great, great game. And let's go ahead and look at um, the, the winning field goal by Robbie Gold. As we bring this up, and I'll tell you what, man, this guy is Mr. Money. Let's go ahead and hear the call from Frankly Speaking Sports. There's goal, the snap, the hole, the kick. It's up. It's good. Robbie goes. 49ers, 45-yarder. And the 
upset the Packers, and they move on. What an unbelievable two games in a row, folks. Whoop, let's get this off. We don't want to show that yet. But um, that was two games in a row where, uh, you know, a field goal wins it. San Francisco 49ers, they're going to have to do more next week. There's no doubt they're playing the tough offensive L.A. Rams. And let me explain something to you. This Rams team is a good team, and we're about to get into that game as well. But, you know, they're going to have to score some points. But I'll tell you what, this defense of uh, San Francisco was lights out, lights out, lights out. And I expect them to come out the same way next week when they go ahead and play the LA Rams, uh, which is just another, uh, what, NFC West battle. These two teams met, what, twice already during the season, and now they will meet to see who goes to the Super Bowl. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, we're going to go ahead and recap Sunday's games. And if you thought Saturday's games were awesome, wait till you go ahead and see these two games we're about to recap for you this upcoming Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back right after this. We love sports. Joe Lewis, the greatest box they ever lived. Not only do we love sports, but we love to debate sports. You bad he bad in Sugar Rays. He bad in that. Who that's you? The new boy. Mike, Mike Tyson looked like a bulldog. He bad in him too. He done whipped Mike Tyson there. He whipped all their ass. For the best sports analysis in the triad. What about Rocky Marciano? In-depth local coverage of your favorite schools and teams. Let me tell you something once for all. Rocky Marciano was good. But compared to Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano ain't and of course, the best sports debate in the triad. It Joe Lewis's ass. Welcome to Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Joe Lewis was 75 years old when he fought. You're welcome. I don't know how old he was to get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Franklin Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Franklin. You know, if you thought the first two game recaps were good, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Because not only do we have recaps, we have certain controversy in both these games. And we're going to go ahead and start out with the Rams in Tampa Bay versus the Buccaneers. This is a game, folks, that the Rams did everything they could do to give the game away to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But they Still managed to win the game. Cam Akers, two huge fumbles, one at right before the half at the one yard line that pretty much sealed this game and made the score 27 3. Yet the Rams go in at halftime and take a 20 3 lead. Cooper Cup had a fumble, but he also had nine receptions, 183 yards, and a touchdown and a couple of big plays in that last drive, which we're going to show you in a couple of minutes. Matthew Stafford, the great quarterback he is, 28 of 38, 366 yards, two touchdowns, and he started the big, big come, the actually not the comeback, but the big, big drive with 42 seconds left in this game. And we're going to go ahead. Okay, well, let's go ahead and show that now. We're going to go ahead Bring those plays up on the screen and let you see them. Let me go ahead and get those up there for you. 
for one minute here as we do that. All right, stay with me for one sec, folks, as we go ahead and bring these up for you. Takes a second for me to share them. But let's go ahead and look at these Rams and Bucks highlights. There's Brady. He's back to pass, 27-13. Has Mike Evans deep. Touchdown. Brady to Michael Evans. Makes it 27-20. Cam Akers hold on to the ball. Now he fumbles. 225 left in the game. The Buccaneers get the ball back at the 30-yard line. The Dominic Sue with the big play. Here it is to tie it up. Hand off to Fournette. He goes right. He's got room. Touchdown, Leonard Fournette. Playoff plan. He ties it up. Here's the big plays now. Stafford, look at Cooper Cup. It's good for 20 yards, and he gets out of bounds. 28 seconds left in the ballgame. Back to pass. Cup's got a step. He's got it. 11-yard line. Cooper Cup, 40-yard yard pass. Here's the kick by Mackey. Redemption, baby. He beats his old team, the Bucs. The Rams are going to the NFC Championship. Boy, what a game that was. What a great, great game that was. We want to thank uh, Yahoo Sports, YouTube, NBC Sports, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, and the NFL for their courtesy of allowing us to use the video. But this was a game, folks, um, where those big plays, the Bucks were only 3 of 14 on third down. Brady uh, was pressured all day, sacked three times. He had one interceptions, and the Rams possessed the ball for 34 minutes of that game. So what did they do? They left the Bucks' defense on the field. On the field, they left them, and they got tired. Brady, 30 of 54, 329 yards, one touchdown. An interception. Mike Evans, another great game. Eight for 119, one touchdown. But, you know, Matt Gay, give Matt Gay credit where credit is due. Here is a guy, Matt Gay, that, um, you know, first year with the Bucks three years ago, he's cut after the year, didn't have a great year. He comes back three year, two years later in a divisional playoff game and beats them with no time left on the clock. Now, if that's not redemption, folks, I don't know what is. But I'll tell you what, when you look at this game, folks, there's controversy. You know, I guess it is when the Buccaneers lose, their fans cannot just go and say they lost. They got to find a reason. There has to be a reason why these Tampa Bay Bucks lose the media has to find a way. Then the media blows it out of proportion. And then now the fans blow it out of proportion. And the big thing I'm talking about was that 45-yard pass you saw to Cooper Cup. Okay? You saw it to Cooper Cup. And what happened? 45 yards, they went, was supposed to go supposedly with an all-out blitz, but the communication didn't get there. Everybody's knocking Todd Bowles. Now, this is the guy whose defense 
went ahead and created three turnovers in that game. That is the man whose defense caused Cam Akers to fumble the ball in the dominant Sioux and get to tie that ball game back up. This is the defensive coordinator that won the Super Bowl last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the defensive coordinator that got them to the divisional round of the playoffs. And all people want to do is knock him for this call. But let me explain something to you fans. And I want everybody to listen here because it pisses me off how fans can turn so quick on somebody when things don't go the way they want them to. This was a game that in, in this scenario, if this blitz is communicated correctly and Stafford is either a sacked or fumbles or goes ahead and the ball is tipped some way and throws an interception, Todd Bowles is the greatest thing in Tampa Bay today. He is the greatest thing and the hero. Yet one play he called, of course, at a very big time, did not work. Come on, Tampa Bay. You gave up over 300 and something yards to Matthew Stafford. You were down 20 to 3 in this game, 27 to 3. Yes, you did come back. You handle adversity well. But at the end of the day, that call did not lose the game. There were so many other opportunities you had in that game to take advantage of that you did not do. If anything, when you're down, 27 to 3, and you come back, that means your defense played exceptionally from that point on to get you back in the game. Stop crying, Tampa Bay fans. Stop being a bunch of babies. He made a call. This is what he's been doing the last two years. He's been making these calls and he's been pretty successful. One call doesn't go your way because of communication, which happens. Your defense got beat yesterday, the first half, and could not win. They came back. They had a chance. Matthew Stafford with, what, 28 seconds, did I say, left in the game or whatever it was, comes downfield 65 or so, somewhat yards and scores a touch, excuse me, a field goal by Matt Gay to win it, okay? It wasn't that play. How about the 20 yards before that they gave up the cup? How about, you know, all the other uh, Cooper Cup? Wait, let me see if I have this written down here. I thought, yeah, he had uh, nine receptions, 183 yards versus that Bucks defense and a touchdown. I mean, incredible, incredible job by um, the Rams to go ahead. And, you know, they could have easily folded in that game. You know, here they are. They blew a 27-3 lead. Brady brings them back. Fournette runs for that touchdown. You know, your, the wind is taken under your sails, but hold on. We have one of the best coaches in the NFL in Sean McVay. You have an unbelievable quarterback. You have the best receiver in football in Cooper Cup. You have a chance. They believed in themselves. They did not give up. And that's why they won the game. I said it two weeks ago that the Buccaneers would win their first playoff game and lose in the second round. They did. They are not as good as they were last year. Whatever the reason may be, whatever the excuses might be, whether it's injury, player personnel, coaching, I don't care. 
This is not the same team. They did not deserve to win. Can I want to congratulate Matthew Stafford on an incredible game, and what a great game. That's going to be next week versus the 49ers in, uh, in L.A. Should be one hell of a game. So, like I said, there was two moments of controversy. And ladies and gentlemen, in about five minutes, we're expecting Cody Tapp, host of Cody and Gold on 610 Sports KC. So uh, hopefully he'll be on in about five minutes. But let's go ahead and switch our gears. Um, you know, I gave you my hardcore opinions on Todd Bowles and that call. Well, we got more controversy. We're going to try, not controversy, but I guess with the overtime rule, which we will discuss in a minute, but we're going to go over, you know, you don't think anything can get better than the three games that were played previously, but ladies and gentlemen, we are wrong. We are completely wrong. As I try to go ahead and there we go. But this was by far the most unbelievable game of the day. And you talk about a shootout, two of the best quarterbacks in the league. What can you say about this game? I mean, four lead changes within the last 154 of the game. Of course, you all know by now the Chiefs won 42 to 36, which will show you that highlight in a moment of Kelsey catching the touchdown pads. But, you know, unbelievable game. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Allen proved to everybody why he's an elite franchise quarterback and will be the face of the NFL, along with Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years or so on. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes, listen to this. 33 of 44, 378 yards, three touchdowns, um, you know, just incredible. Uh, you know, he also rushed for it. But the amazing thing about this is he did this first, the number one defense in the AFC. And I'll tell you what, people don't realize, I think it goes unnoticed yesterday because of such the battle between Josh Allen and, uh, I'm reading the wrong thing here, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Allen, 27 of 37, 329 yards, four touchdowns, and 68 yards rushing. I mean, incredible, incredible. And when you look at this game, it was a well-balanced offense. You know, by the Chiefs, they rushed for 182 yards. Mahomes leading the day with a touchdown and 69 yards. Edward Hilaire, believe me, are they happy to have him back. 60 yards rushing. And then McCall Hardman, um, Handman, of course, had a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, eight receptions, 96 yards. The game-winning touchdown. Um, the defense, uh, you know, you talk about defense, Larry. It's 42-36. Well, I'll tell you what. Laverius Sneed had nine tackles in the game, and it was an incredible, incredible game. Defensively for the Bills, I thought Matt Milano with 11 tackles had an unbelievable game. But this was an unbelievable game. Folks, I can only imagine if you were a Kansas City fan or Buffalo Bills fan, the emotional roller coaster that you are on from the two-minute point uh, warning of the fourth quarter till the end of the game. It was incredible. Then you get the coin toss. Uh, Kansas City wins it, and this is how the game ended yesterday um, for the Kansas City Chiefs eliminating the uh, Buffalo Bills. Let's go ahead and show you this as 
Um, this was the play. If you look right here, folks, you'll see they're right about the 11-yard line, and here it is. Looking to the end zone for the win. He caught it. Ball game. Chiefs to the championship game. Yes. Chiefs are to the championship game. Incredible, incredible, and I can only say it one more time, incredible. But, you know, one of the big things in this game, and I want to talk about it, is there was a lot of controversy about the overtime rule. And I'm going to give you my opinion on this overtime rule um, because I'm kind of upset that nobody really, you know, when you lose, it's, it's always at a cost. And somebody always wants to blame, you know, you lost for this reason, you lost for that reason, da 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 But at the end of the day, you know, there are rules in the NFL, and I understand they don't always favor every team, but this is an overtime um, where the coin toss was won by Kansas City. And a lot of people are upset because Kansas City scored a touchdown and the Bills did not have the chance. Now, let me explain something to you. The, Bill, the Bills did not lose this game because Kansas City won the coin toss. They lost this game, folks, because the number one defense, the Buffalo Bills, in the AFC, in the NFL, could not contain Patrick Mahomes. Could not, when it mattered, stop Patrick Mahomes. They could not stop him. And this defense gave up lots of yardage. They gave up over 500 yards to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the number one. But you got to play defense if you want to win in the NFL. Nobody said when overtime comes, it becomes an offensive game. It doesn't become an offensive game, okay? At the end of the day, when you look at these teams, okay, you have to play some defense, and you got to rely on your defense. And the thing that got them there, and don't get me wrong, Josh Allen's a great talent. How about Gabe Davis? 201 yards receiving, four touchdowns, and they lose, okay? They lose, okay? But – you know, give Island credit, but at the end of the day, their defense did not do anything to help them win. It isn't the coin toss. What happens at the end of the, if you do have them each get a possession, then it becomes sudden death anyway. So, you know, those people that are crying about the NFL rule, you knew the NFL rule, okay? Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell everyone that I agree with the rule. I didn't say that. But don't cry about the rule, okay? You did not lose because of the coin toss. You lost because your defense did not play up to the level that they are capable of playing. And the Chiefs beat you. Whether you like it or not, stop crying. Now, if it was up to me, the rule would be, and everybody knows my take on this, even during the season, I don't like ties. I don't think you should give one possession. I always thought you'd throw eight minutes on the clock and let them play it out like a regular quarter, and the winner at the end of those eight minutes win. But in no way, shape, or form, folks, was anything done wrong in this thing? Is the NFL rule a bad rule? No, that's the rule. That's the rule that everybody agreed on. You did not lose that game because of overtime. You lost that game because you allowed it to get to overtime. That's why you lost that game. Let's go ahead and take a 15-second station break. 
And when we come back, we're going to have the host of Cody and Goal on 610 Sports Kansas City. Cody Tapp will be joining us. We'll be back right after this. We love sports. Joe Lewis, the greatest boxer ever lived. Not only do we love sports, but we love to debate sports. He was bad in Jack Clay. He bad in Sugar Ray. He bad in that. Who that's you? The new boy. Mike, Mike, Mike Tyson looked like a bulldog. He bad in him, too. He done whipped Mike Tyson there. He whipped all the ass. For the best sports analysis in the triad. What about Rocky Marciano? In-depth local coverage of your favorite schools and teams. Let me tell you something wonderful. Rocky Marciano was good. But compared to Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano ain't shit. And of course, the best sports debate in the triad. Big Joe Lewis's ass. Welcome to Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Joe Lewis was 75 years old when he fought. You're welcome. I don't know how old he was. They got it after. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and I hope you're enjoying the show today. What a great, great show we have. And it's about to get even better as it is my great honor, thrill, and pleasure to introduce to you the host of Cody and Goal. Out of 610 Sports in Kansas City, let's welcome in Cody Tapp. Cody, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Cody, thanks for coming on. Cody, I got to ask you this. You know, knowing you're a Kansas City fan, how much of an emotional roller coaster from the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter to the end of the game was it for you? Oh, tons. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a time to relax. And obviously, the, I thought the Chiefs won the game when Tyree Kill scored that touchdown. I'm like, okay, well, that's it. There's a minute left. The defense has struggled. But, you know, that was the kill shot. That was the moment this game is supposed to end. Just to have Josh Allen go back down. And honestly, I think most people would lie to you if they said, oh, no, we thought the Chiefs were still going to win with 13 seconds. You're like, no, that's it. That's when you lose again. You lose the game when there's 13 seconds remaining. There's not enough time to get down there, even for anybody, even Patrick Mahomes. So it was up and down. And, of course, when they get in field goal range, you're going nuts. They win the coin toss, and you're like, it's over. Like, they did all that. If they're going to win the coin toss, then it's game over. But it was uh, it was pretty up and down. Yeah, and, you know, it was a weekend of unbelievable games, and you couldn't think it got any better, and then they, they had that. But talk about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, 33 of 44, 378 yards, three touchdowns. Talk about not just the game he played, but talk about that poise that he has where it doesn't seem, you know, people talk about Josh Allen or Joey Burrows, nothing affecting them. Seemed like the whole game, Mahomes just let, said, let's go. We got to get back out there. That's where he's different. I mean, and, and look, Josh Allen had no quit in that game at any point. Like, I mean, he did everything he was supposed to in that game. But God, I mean, how many, like, who else is going to get there with 13 seconds? Like, that's it. The Bills went down and scored a touchdown immediately. Patrick Mahomes answered immediately. Every time the Bills got back on the board, Mahomes got back on the board. And then when it was its bleakest, he showed absolutely zero. And honestly, a big chunk of this came from, like, even if you listen to the play after, that play where they get Travis Kelsey down the seam, it's like they have played together so long and know each other so well. Those things go a long way in making them feel comfortable enough to actually execute those things. Travis Kelsey suggests it. Mahomes is yelling, do it before the play even happens. Yep. And then they're down the seam and then they're making the play and everything. So for a guy who's only been a starter in the league for four years and now been hosting an AFC title game all four of those years, I think it, it's pretty clear that he separates himself even from what looked like last night, an equal competitor. Like Josh Allen was his equal last night. Still didn't matter. Still lost the game. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, from a person who didn't have – 
a team playing in that game, incredible. I can only imagine, like I said, the Buffalo <laughs> yeah. Bills. And then they, you know, like you said, 13 seconds left. But you know, something goes unnoticed in this game. And, you know, we don't hear a lot about it because of the terrific game that Josh Allen had, the terrific game that Patrick Mahomes had. But when you look at this offense of the Kansas City Chiefs, it was pretty well balanced yesterday. They had 187 yards rushing, and the big boy Mahomes led the way with one touchdown direction and uh, also 189 yards. But how big of a presence was it to have Clyde uh, edwards Hilaire back? They always kind of underestimate Mahomes' legs uh, in, in any playoff game because yeah. he'll run for like three or 400 yards in the season and you'll kind of forget about it and he won't run for seven or eight. And then when the postseason hits, he'll take it to another level. He essentially is just like a golden prop boy when it comes to like if you're a gambler at all. But it's it's nice to have Clyde back, but they seemingly have filled that role for anybody. Like it was Daryl when Clyde was gone and then Jarek McKinnon out of nowhere last week and he was good again in this game. You're like, uh, I guess they can just run it with anyone. The more important thing is like they found that they can run the ball when teams do this too high safety look that was supposed to stop them pass wise, which hasn't. Yesterday, the Bills ran at 82% of the time, or 92%, sorry, of the time, and Patrick Mahomes went off. So, like, Mahomes has solved that part of it, but now they're good in the running game as kind of a result of that is the way I look at it. Because sure. once you take everyone back, you're supposed to be good at running the ball. And they weren't for a while. So having Clyde back was good because he looked about as fresh as he has all year. But just any kind of trio of capable running backs, based on the way defenses are playing him right now, should be able to, you know, for the Chiefs, should be able to take advantage. We are talking to Cody Tab, host of Cody and Goal on 610 Sports KC. Uh, Cody, how surprised were you? Because when you look at this game, just under 1,000 yards combined by both teams, over 500 for the Chiefs. How surprised were you in this type of offensive shootout there was zero turnovers? I, the Chiefs have only turned the ball over twice in their last seven games. So you shouldn't be surprised the Chiefs aren't turning it over anymore. The Bills are just more up and down with it. I think they turned it over three times, like three picks against Atlanta, the second to last week of the season. And there's a few here and there. But the Chiefs were without Tyron Matthew after, what, six or seven snaps, without one of their starting corners and Rashad Fenton before the game even started. So, like, they were in trouble, and the Bills are an elite-level offense anyway. So even though the Chiefs had pretty much the eighth, ninth best defense for a majority of the year, tough, never going to win it. So, like, we knew that the Bills would take advantage. I'm not surprised they didn't turn it over. The Bills should feel that way. They took it over plenty this year. Uh, they had the number one scoring defense in the league, the yeah. number one yardage defense in the league, and they got torched. They stopped the Chiefs just twice in the entire game. The Chiefs actually stopped the Bills four times, and that, that to me was a key difference. I thought one turnover would be enough, though, to win some of the game. So I guess I'm not shocked that nobody turned it over, although you usually think that that's kind of where the game's going to go. Yeah. Now, you know, on the other side of the football – what can you say about not just Josh Allen, but it seemed like Gabe Davis had their number the whole game. Four touchdowns, and all of a sudden just comes out of nowhere. Eight catches, 201 yards. Well, I, I don't love that going into a game with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And Jamar Chase, last time he faced the Chiefs, had 266 yards and three touchdowns. So a troubling sign that now another guy, a completely different type of receiver, has gone for 200 yards and four touchdowns against him. I... I think it was because they were short a corner. I think it was because the, they were short Tyron Matthew. There's no communication back there. Thornhill's better than when Sorensen was starting the early part of the year, but they need Matthew. It's just like a lesson learned in the, even if it doesn't feel like Matthew's been this quite the impact guy he was for the Chiefs over the last few years, he clearly is. When he's gone, they're much worse. 
and I don't expect those things to repeat itself. Like that, that's something we'll probably talk about on the show a little bit this week is, I mean, Jamar Chase had 266 yards and three touchdowns last time. Well, yeah. When Tyree Kill played the Buccaneers in the regular season, he had 250 yards and a couple of scores too. And then when the Super Bowl came around, he had like 80 yards. Like it, it doesn't necessarily mean Jamar Chase is going for 266, but they got to make sure they got to hope Matthew gets out of concussion protocol. And it's important that hopefully Rashad Fenton's back is better by the weekend. But Davis was incredible. And by and again, like with Allen, he was Patrick Mahomes equal in the field last night. He didn't play worse. He didn't play better either. No, he just didn't have right. the ball with 13 seconds. Had they got the ball in overtime, even in Kansas City, I firmly believe the Bills win that game. Hell, if at the end of the game he was down three and there was 20 seconds to go, I'm not confident that he wouldn't have gotten his team in field goal range too. That's just the way that game was going. Those two guys gave us the heavyweight fight, which it's kind of what I think we thought going into the game. Yep, and it definitely turned out to be a great one. How special was it, um, you know, seeing Patrick Mahomes win the game with an eight-yard touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey? Uh, it's I know it feels weird, especially in Kansas City. Maybe it doesn't feel as weird nationally because the Chiefs, uh, I mean, I'm 37. So until they went to the Super Bowl two years ago, I, I don't remember the Chiefs doing anything in the playoffs. So it's not familiar to me. It's not familiar territory to me. They're one of the greatest postseason tandems of all time. They're one of the greatest tandems in NFL history. So, of course, it's satisfying. Travis Kelsey is going to go down to the greatest tight end of all time. Patrick Mahomes is going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And they're playing right now in the playoffs together. Travis Kelsey is already the seventh leading receiver in NFL history. He was just four yards short of tying Jerry Rice for the most 100-yard games in NFL postseason history. So, like, I mean, just, just from that perspective, like, of course it was Travis Kelsey. The Bills have played the Chiefs three other times in the Josh Allen era, and they didn't stop Kelsey any of those times. No one in the playoffs stops Travis Kelsey. So I'm not – like, that's the guy. Like, if you're going to get yeah. in trouble in a playoff game, it's going to be against Travis Kelsey. Now, we talked about Mahomes, but and you mentioned it, but I want to elaborate a little bit. In the league, what, four years or starting yep. four years? Five years in the league, four years as a starter. Right. Um, four AFC championships in a row. I mean, you know, I always say – there's great quarterbacks that never even get there, okay? The Marinos, you know, who got, I think, the one Super Bowl. Uh, Kelly got there four times but has never won. You got Patrick Mahomes who's been to, in the last four years, four AFC championship games, and this might be his third Super Bowl that he's in in four years. That's, that's incredible. Rare. <laughs> I mean, without saying, pretty rare. There are only seven quarterbacks ever who have won multiple Super Bowls. Or 11. No, it's 11. 11. So, I mean, if he wins a second, then he's already in incredibly rarefied error. I give Andy Reid some credit for this. This this would be the second time he's taken a team to four consecutive conference title games. He did it with the Eagles with Donovan McNabb. Hell, it's a lot easier now. He's got Mahomes. Like, there's there. that's nice. He had better defenses probably in Philly. But, I mean, he he's taken now eight teams to a conference title game. The crazy thing is that Mahomes has done this without hosting a or without playing in a single road game. Chiefs have played 11 straight home playoff games. That's the most in NFL history. Next close to the Patriots at nine. The team wants to do it with eight. So, like, they're already far beyond what other teams are supposed to do for home playoff games. But Mahomes, it's like the conversation we start having is we, we were like after the show today. And I think someone's like, I mean, you know, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to go to the Super Bowl like seven years in a row. And I was like, look, I don't think they are. But I will not put that at 0%. Like, I refuse to be like, that won't happen. 
He's been in the league. He's been a starter for four years. He's been in the Super Bowl twice. Incredible. He has a chance to make it three out of four years, and he's been in the AFC Conference game every single time. So if that's going to be the case, then I can't, I can't rule it out. The Bills built their entire team around stopping the Chiefs. They put everything into this offseason, drafted an entire team around it, tried to go weapon for weapon, got their quarterback, and still lost. In a, in a great game, but still lost. So, yep. like, I, I mean, there's just no – like, Mahomes has had the start to a season that no – or start to a career that no one's ever had. Not even Brady. And Brady did some remarkable things early on in his career. We're talking to Cody Tab, host of Cody and Goal on 610 Sports KC. Cody, what is it about Andy Reid that makes him such a great coach? I, you know, it was he had a comment today. He got asked about like back in his Philly days about, hey, when you came to Kansas City, why'd you give up the GM stuff? Like, were you happy with it? He's like, no, this guy's too much. It was just too much. And I think a lot of it with Andy is he is a creature of habit, so that helps him. And he's not like some of the older coaches who had a hard time adjusting to the change in offense in the NFL. So like Pete Carroll to me is an example of a guy in the NFL who's been around long enough. He likes the way he coaches and he's going to stick with it. And he's never been that guy. I think this is one of those, like in retrospect, now it seems silly because there are so many air raid quarterbacks who've had success. But I remember I, I like, I happened to talk to Patrick Mahomes on radio row before, before he was the chiefs quarterback. And I'd asked him, I'm like, hey, how, how, how are air raid quarterbacks? Like, how are you going to change it, right? How are you going to be different? Like, how's an air raid quarterback going to work? And it turns out that, like, one, Patrick Mahomes is obviously uniquely gifted, but also Andy Reid was already working on that plan. He's admitted to, like, seeing that the college game is always a little bit ahead of the pro game and what they're doing offensively because they've got more space, more room, more talented rosters sometimes that have all kind of super collaborated together. And I think that that's what makes him different. He he decided to go with NFL offenses. He could have stuck to the way he did it before. He's always a pass happy coach, but not this spread it out, air raid, straight shotgun. I mean, he was a under the snap quarterback for all you know, coach for all those years, and he just adjusted. Like to me, it's just like offensively, he never changes it, and it's all he cares about because defensively, he'll just leave it to whatever defensive coach he has. He'll let Spags do all that. Like, yeah, you figure it out. Like he'll do some a little, but it's like, eh, that's fine. That's you. I'm gonna worry about the offense, and that's why he's so good at it. You know, Cody, you're hearing a lot of uh, bitching and crying today about the overtime yeah. rule. And it really bothers me because I'm not going to sit here and say I'm in favor of it. As you, you might have heard before you came on, I was talking about it. But at the end of the day, everybody knows that the rule. And you don't lose a game. I don't care what anyone says. You don't lose a game because of a coin flip. You may get the advantage because of the coin flip. But at the end of the day, people forget there's two sides of the football. One is offense and one is defense. And the Bills' defense had just a, as much of a chance to stop them as the Chiefs did of getting by with the touchdown. What's your sentiments on all this, you know, talk and conversation about the overtime rule? My take in 2019 was it's the rule. It sucks that you're on the wrong side because the Chiefs lost a coin flip and then lost to New England. That's right. Or we might be talking about them going to four straight Super Bowls because Mahomes was going to score in that game the same as Josh Allen was last night. But also the Bills, the Bills had the number again, the number one scoring defense That's in right. the entire NFL. Mm -hmm. And the Chiefs scored on their final four possessions. Yep. Including one in which they only had 13 seconds to operate. I don't feel bad for the Bills. They had more than enough chances to find a stop somewhere along the way. They had an equal chance to win the coin flip. Like, yep. they weren't disadvantaged. Like, sometimes the notion is like, well, you know, like, they were disadvantaged because they didn't get to possess the ball. No, you had an equal chance to possess the ball and didn't. 
And by the way, that's another stop you could have made. Like the three at the end of the game, the Tyree kill, the 13 seconds. You could have stopped any of those, but you also could have just held them to a field goal in overtime and you get the ball with a chance. Right. Like just keep them out of the end zone. That's all you're being asked to do at that point, and they couldn't do it. Like it sucks. Like I, I, I actually, like in Kansas City, we totally get it. We thought they were going to the Super Bowl that year. They were in a great game against New England in the AFC title game, and they lost in overtime after losing a coin flip, and the Chiefs defense could not get off the field. It's not a good feeling knowing that if the coin flip had gone your way, you probably win the game. But like you, I mean, I think what you were saying before is like, it's also the rule. So unless, and there is no perfect solution for NFL overtime, my opinion for the NFL. I think there's only two sports that have it right. Hockey and soccer, shootouts are awesome. That doesn't exist in the NFL, so we, we're not going to get it. Baseball doesn't have a perfect extra innings stuff. They, they keep trying to tinker. Football has no perfect solution. You can just play a full quarter, but God, for how long, right? Like in a regular season, you might call it a tie after a 10-minute quarter. But in a postseason game, we're going to let it go seven, eight quarters before they got to go play a game. To me, it's not worth like whatever you might be knocking down later down the road. Like it is the system. Like, I mean, and unless, and, and again, the Chiefs tried to change it. They, they brought it to the rules committee in 2019. The Bills as an organization were one of the teams who didn't want to move forward with it. So it never got brought up for a vote. Like if you had a problem with it, then you should have said something. The Chiefs like now, you, yeah. you know, going to drop it. No, that's all. I just, I, I think that, yeah. no, it's the rule. You got to deal with it. And like you said, there was many opportunities in that game for them to come up and stand up that defense and win that game. In my opinion, the game should have never went to overtime to begin with if you stopped Kansas City. So shame on you for allowing it to go to overtime and for Kansas City to win. Yeah, <laughs> 13 you know, seconds. And that's like, I know there's a whole like the pooch kick thing. And I think McDermott just looked at the clock and he's like, I think my number one defense can stop him for 13 seconds. We'll find a way. And that was a mistake because, of course, Patrick Mahomes exists. Yep. And I want to let's briefly touch on next week's game. Um, you know, Cincinnati Bengals team talk about a quarterback, Joey Burrows, you know, yeah. another great quarterback, young kid. But this is a uh, Cincinnati offensive line that got torn apart by the Titans, despite winning nine sacks against Joey Burrows over the weekend. I mean, is this a game where that Kansas City uh, front four could maybe uh, feast and famine. Chiefs had four sacks in their game three weeks ago against the Bengals and probably should have had seven or eight. So should have equaled what we just saw. Like they had Burrow in their hands multiple other times. Now he's elusive, so maybe it should have been they had six sacks in there. But if they complete two more of those and the game's over and they don't have to do this back and forth with the Bengals at the end and win the game. So yes, there there is, I, honestly, I'm not sure there's a team that wouldn't get it through to the borough and he does some of it on his own his offensive line isn't great but and it's not good but certainly some of that stuff is decision making on his end so like he's just going to get himself in pass rush trouble no matter what and I just it's the same thing as like I look through with the Chiefs is with the Bills game too when I picked the Chiefs to win last week although I thought it would be close is how, how do you beat the Chiefs twice like e even if you have this moment where Joe where Joe Burrow's amazing and Jamar Chase goes off and you get sacked, but it could have been more. And, like, you had a lot of things go your way in that Bengals game if you're Cincinnati the last time through. And they still lost – and they still won, but but barely, right? So, like, one little thing goes wrong, and to me, that's where the sacks are. So, Chris Jones, Clark, Dana, like, I, I expect them to get to Joe Burrow. The question is just how many times. My guess is at least three sacks, but, I, I mean, based on last week's performance, it could easily be more. Um, how do you stop Jamash Chase? 
Well, I would suggest not one-on-one coverage with uh, Charverius Ward. It, <laughs> some of it is like those are still technically low percentage throws. So do you take that if you're Kansas City, take that risk that Jamar Chase won't catch all of them again this time? Maybe. I think there still will be some single coverage with Chase on Ward and they'll take their chances. I think you probably blitz a little bit less. That was a mistake I think Spagnuolo would probably readily admit now. Like when they call that zero blitz on the third and 15, they let you know Jamar Chase or third and 20 and they let Jamar Chase or fourth and whatever it was. They let Jamar Chase get down there for the completion on that fourth down. That, that eventually won the Bengals a game. They blitzed everybody. And and afterwards, Spags had said, oh, I was treating it like a third and six. And it was fourth and 20. So it wasn't fourth and anything. Like, it wasn't third and anything. They were just saying, like, well, we'll blitz, we'll disrupt, and they won't be able to get there. I think they'll learn their lesson. You just mentioned the pass rush. Part of the reason to get to Joe Burrow or to help with Chase is offer help, bring a safety over to that side, but also just get pressure with your front four because you can. Some teams you have to blitz, this team you don't. But I'd be surprised if we didn't see a little more Fenton if he's healthy or a little more Snead on him versus just Ward the entire time. But Charverius Ward just had Stephon Diggs for an entire game. I know Gabriel Davis torched him, but he had Stephon Diggs for the entire game. He had eight yards. So, like, that is, in their mind, the the corner they put on a guy when they're trying to at least go one-on-one coverage. So I expect some small changes, but honestly, I think they'll just hope to play better. Last question. I'll let you run, Cody. Do you see another possible shootout this week? Not necessarily to the magnitude of what this is. I can't imagine any game being better than the one we just saw, but does it have a potential with these great quarterbacks and great receivers on both sides, great tight end uh, in the Zuma and of course Kelsey? Does this have another making of a possible high-scoring game? Yeah, it probably will be. I mean – I don't think the Chiefs are getting 100% healthy on defense before then, and the Bengals clearly let up plenty of points to the Chiefs, and Mahomes is is he's on. So, like, there's there's just – he's going to score. Like, if you don't get to 30 in this game, you're not winning it anyway, and I think both teams probably will be high scoring again. I'd like to think the Chiefs defense has kind of a – like a, a kickback after, you know, like that last week where they played a little bit better. But, no, I expect this game to be high scoring – I still think the Chiefs will win, but yeah, no, I, I, I'd assume another shootout probably in the AFC. All right, a bonus question. I lied. I, there's one more. What <laughs> did you okay. think of the other three games? I'd not to go into detail, but the amazing games this entire yeah. weekend in the NFL. So the red, the two of them didn't surprise me. Uh, I bet my co-host, believe it or not, that the Rams would win. He was convinced the Bucks would. I'm not shocked. Tom Brady almost made a comeback and came up a little bit short, but yeah, I thought he was going to win that game at some point. But I thought the Rams had enough going defensively. Von Miller was good. I thought they'd win, so that makes sense to me. I thought, you know, like on the other AFC game, didn't surprise me. We all kind of thought the Titans were a bit fraudulent. I thought they beat a lot of good teams, but, like, they didn't make sense as a one seed, so that didn't surprise me. The Bengals got hot, even if I thought the Titans would win. I cannot explain the Packers game. How the hell did they lose that game? They didn't give an offensive touchdown. They're up against Jimmy G, who couldn't move the ball at all. And the guy who was and is going to be the MVP in this year's NFL season at home in a playoff game, scored 10 points and lost to a team without an offensive touchdown. Like the Chiefs lost a playoff game to the Steelers in the Alex Smith year without without the Steelers scoring an offensive touchdown. They scored six field goals. Okay, fine. That can happen to Alex Smith. That can happen to the Chiefs. But not to, not to Aaron Rodgers in an MVP season. That one still makes no sense to me. I go back and I still can't figure it. It's called special teams, my friend. Yeah, that might matter. And that's yeah. what it was. You know, San Francisco scores uh, that uh, on the block punt. 
gets the momentum, ties it up. And then, you know, we say Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't great, but he was great that last drive when he had to be in order to get it done. And that's, you know, a lot of people give Jimmy a lot of crap. And, you know, I'm not going to say he's the best quarterback in the league because that's not true, but the man keeps winning. He, he keeps winning. Whether, you know, he reminds, you know, it's kind of like the Ravens. Remember when they won the Super Bowl? Trent yeah. Dilfer was not the best quarterback, but Trent Dilfer didn't make a lot of mistakes. Well, Jimmy G's finding a way to win. And talk about Jimmy G. He might not be back the next year either. No, but he's got a chance to go to a second Super Bowl in three years. So, yep. I mean, that's hard to argue against. Yep. All right, my friend. Well, Cody, I want to thank you so very much for joining us on Frankly Speaking Sports tonight. And good luck to your Chiefs next weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. Be safe, my friend. You too. All right. That was Cody Tapp, uh, host of Cody Gold on 610 Sports Kansas City. We'll be back right after this. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. First of all, we want to thank Cody Tapp so very, very much for taking time out of his busy schedule to be with us here on Frankly Speaking Sports. What a great, great show we had. We got to hear from him. We talked about the overtime rules. We talked about the controversy in Tampa Bay with Todd Bowles, whether making the correct call, not making the correct call. We recapped all the games. What a great, great show. On behalf of all of us here on Frankly Speaking Sports, we want to thank you so very much for joining us. And we want to remind you, we'll be back again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Remember, not only are we on Northeast Streaming Sports on Roku TV, we're also on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. So be sure to check us out 11 a.m. Tuesday through Thursdays on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. From all of us here at Franklin Speaking Sports, I'm losing my tongue here. Frankly Speaking Sports, good night.